Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hey, friends. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. And I'm not alone here. I'm never alone here. Every time I say I'm going to be alone here, I turn out to not be alone here. So I don't think this is a show where I will ever actually be alone here. But I'm not alone here. I'm joined by my good friend. She is the queen of the ring. She runs the Church of Joshi. She is Alex Lajas. That's me. I'm very, I really appreciate you pronounced it right. <laughs> what was I going to say? La Jazz? La Jazz. I've, I've had it. <laughs> Have I've you really? La Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that. L-A-J-A-S? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. La, yeah, it's, it's a mess. But day after dynamite, I have a voice after a day after dynamite. It barely well, sounds yeah. like you do. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> feels like I'm losing my voice by the second. It was a fun night. I'm so excited to get into it. Also, I have to give both of us a shout out for wearing our favorite artist t-shirts. You got Mariah. I've got My Chemical Romance. So Nice. Oh, like you're that. an MCR person. Yes, I am. I saw them three times during this tour, and I was actually at a show on Tuesday. Nice. It was great. Uh, you know what's funny is... Uh, so I saying MCR out loud, I was thinking about the fact that uh, so both my kids grew up on Yo Gabba Gabba, right? Uh, they were big Yo Gabba Gabba kids. And it's funny because it's like completely forgotten as far as they're concerned. They're, my daughter's 11 and like I still walk around singing Yo Gabba Gabba songs every once in a while. And my daughter's like, what is that? And I'm like, what is that? I only know that because of you. But I recognize that you're 11 now. And this is all stuff that's forgotten. I will just walk around going, I like bugs. I like bugs. <laughs> um, but anyway, I remember there was a Christmas episode of the show. And My Chemical Romance comes on and sings a song about snowflakes. Every snowflake's different just like you. Anyway, but it's... Of course, a Nick Jr. show, so they can't call them My Chemical Romance. So the whole time they're referring to them as MCR. MCR. The whole time. Yeah, and they're just like, hey, it's our good friends, MCR. MCR. Because it's like at some point some kid's going to go, what does My Chemical Romance mean? And then you and, like start to break it down and you're it. like, and like oh. half, Yeah, and then half of their songs are about death. So it's like, ah, 
We'll just call y'all MCR in this Nickelodeon universe. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, as far as um, there's probably a whole generation of little kids who only ever watch them on Yo Gabba Gabba and know them as just MCR. So, yeah, yeah. And probably thought that they had a main roster name change or something. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to Day After Dynamite. This is a show where we talk about all the things that went into and came out of last night's dynamite and we do it the day after um and when there's news that breaks and there might be i don't know there's stuff that's not entirely confirmed uh but could be soon but um the that's what this show is here for and we we talk about things and of course uh one of the best parts about doing this show is when i get to have people who were uh at the show the night before uh, and you, Alex, were actually there in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Did you go last year? I did. I did go okay. last year. So yeah. I did see you last year because I was there last year. I did not get to go this year. And But how would you have compared the experiences? Was there improvement for, with food? That's the biggest question I know people had all around. Yeah. Um I would say there was improvement with the with the lines in general. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people learned their lesson from last year and got there very early. I got there around 5.30, which is the time that they opened the doors, mm -hmm. I believe. A lot of people got there early and a lot of people learned their lessons. But I also think the staff like managed it a little bit better because last year everyone was allowed to go to every floor. Whereas this year, they were very strict on, oh, if you're in the 100s, you got to go upstairs. You can't come downstairs or anything. Um, but overall, it seemed there were still long lines. It's wrestling. There's always yeah. going to be long oh, lines. Oh, of course, there's going to be long lines. I just hope yeah. it was managed better than it was last year. Like I, yeah. I had a lot of fun last year. I, it was one of my favorite experiences um, at a wrestling event. But like uh, I also... Uh, as I notoriously talked about on Grapsity this week, didn't eat at all because uh, the whole trip, I I ended up eating beef jerky and a ginger ale. And that was about it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm taking you to the best pizza spots next time you're in yeah. town. I mean, honestly, well, a big part of it was that I played it really close. So like doors last oh, year okay. opened at 530. My plane landed at 430. I played all of that so close it was like i landed went straight to my hotel put my bags down and went straight to the venue it was there was no time to stop and eat do anything i just knew i wasn't gonna have it and then it's like okay maybe i'll get some food at the arena oh my god food at the arena was just not happening and then eventually after sitting there for let's see i was there an hour before the show hour of elevation two hours of dynamite Mm -hmm. Two hours of rampage. So after sitting there for six hours, the only thing I ate last year was some gas station beef jerky. And so oh, man, I feel so bad for you. Yeah, because last year, like the lines, people were waiting in line expecting that it was the food line. And they're like, no, this is the merch line. And it was like merging together. And it was very <laughs> packed. It was very packed last year. But this yeah. year, I can I can say that it was at a normal capacity in those different levels this year as it was last year. I think they really like learned their lesson. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be your gimmick though, is you always cutting it close. Oh yeah. And... Yeah. That's, that's me. Uh, I mean, well, cause like 
the least amount of time look i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this one around ready <laughs> yeah the least amount of time i can spend away from my family i will take and so <laughs> if it's one of those like uh with this particular case i really wasn't planning on going at all and then it was kind of a last minute thing i ended up with tickets and uh i'm like okay let me go but then i thought oh i didn't even put in for like time off of work none of that i really have to get back on time i really have to to play this in a way where i don't miss any work and the only way i could do it was for me to literally get into town right before the show and leave right after i spent no time in new york didn't hang out with anybody didn't see anybody it was a go to the show if i mingle with people during the show that's about the most i'm going to get to do but other than that i didn't get to do or see anybody and this was like the day after i had announced uh that i was leaving rvr and that i was going to fightful so at every corner somebody was stopping me and they're like oh well i just heard rbr last night what is going on you're leaving and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. you'll hear next week why and uh, i have one two people two people successfully guess uh where they're like you're going to fightful and i'm like what's making you think that they're like i've seen you just interacting with sean a whole lot more and something tells me that that's what's happening here so this is lots of great stuff it was one year ago today too so i'm seeing all those memories popping up um and look at where you are a year later i know you've got I get your to host. own show on <laughs> i do you've got look i have a shows. are you kidding me you i i have I, shows I, look, I have a little caricature right here. I know, it's so, it's so cute. And your little intro in the beginning is so good, dude. It's like a 90s little like short in between commercials. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's so great. And I made that in like five minutes. It was literally, not even that. I think that took me like 30 seconds. That That is me beatboxing on there. It was literally just a quick little thing I did. And that's the intro to Day After Dynamite. So uh, it's in its now third week. But uh don't forget send us your super chats send us your humper chats uh humperchats.com you can send those at any point during the show before the show uh you know the hard part about humper chats for me i'm realizing uh i love the humper chats so there's not much that i would ever complain about but because you can send them at any point i never know exactly what show they're for because fightful gets so many humper chats throughout the top uh, throughout the week and we have so many different great quality shows here that sometimes uh unless it's like a specific hey grap city guys and i'm like okay i know who that one's for but if it's like a general wrestling question i'm like do i answer this has this already been answered i don't know oh but see uh i'll give a shout out here to rerun who specifically indicated that this was for Day After Dynamite. I really appreciate that. You did the thing that I was literally just talking about. Uh, so, Rerun, you're going to have yours read first since you sent yours uh, the earliest. Rerun says, uh, this is for dad. Um, or they could have been sending this to their dad. I don't know. But says, what a great first night of Grand Slam. Mox winning makes me think MJF is cashing in soon. Hoping Garcia takes the ROH title from Jericho Cho. Um, 
And, oh, Jericho Cho. Got it, because he's an eight-time champion. Oh, ah! That's, good. that's really good. <laughs> I didn't get it till I read it out loud. Uh, eight-time champ, yeah. Chris Jericho Cho. Got it. Um, and Soraya debut was awesome. And uh, title me daddy ass was the last thing they said. I couldn't fit that in, <laughs> in there. Uh, thank you, Rerun. I appreciate that one. Let's see. We also got... Graham says, uh, scissor me, daddy will. Swerve is vicious, A plus dude. Yes, I'm so glad that scissor me, daddy ass is everywhere. Because let me tell you, when it was just kind of one of those things where at first it was, is anybody even paying attention to this thing that um, that Anthony Bowens is saying at the end of those raps? Because it was just like a thing he was slipping in there where... He'd say, the acclaimed have arrived, and he'd turn around and go, scissor me, daddy ass. And <laughs> and like you, like people weren't sure if everybody was catching that. And then as time went on, you could tell the crowd was popping more and more for it until <laughs> now it's best-selling t-shirt and a literal chant at events. So great. Oh, the shirts were at every merch stand last nice. night. <laughs> yeah. And there were a lot of people with scissor signs too, <laughs> which was really cool to see. I saw at least three people last night with scissor signs. Like it was actual scissors cut up in paper and they were like, yeah, it was fun. It was like scissor me is almost like the now, the, like this generation's too sweet. Like people yeah. just going out to people and like scissor me. Out of That's so great. outside of a wrestling show might be problematic, but. I know, right? Like, uh, I had commented because Aubrey Edwards had tweeted that her parents were coming to Grand Slam and that she was going to have to explain scissor me daddy ass to them. And I was like, you know, the best thing about that is that when you keep it strictly within wrestling lore, it's actually not bad at all. None of it. Like, literally, it's it all stems from, you know, Billy Gunn was badass Billy Gunn, and for short, he wanted to be called Mr. Ass. And uh, Mr. Ass just happened to be a name that stuck with him. Now that he's got two kids, the Ass Boys, he's Daddy Ass. Like, it, it's all not that bad. And, like, the scissor me thing just happens to be from the fact that the Acclaim logo looks like scissors. They come together, he's scissoring. That's it. Scissor yeah. me, Daddy Ass. It's not that bad. <laughs> and if you go deep into the lore... Mr. Ass was a part of the Suck It, you know? Yeah. Movement, and we all got suspended doing Suck It <laughs> in elementary school. So now this generation is going to get suspended for Scissor Me Daddy. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ryan Lambert says, as happy as I am to see Soraya, uh, TK's history with booking women has me at a wait and see with her. Also, it's unfortunate of who plays her theme song. I mean, it's also her significant other. So it is one of those things you're just going to have to deal with. Um, and uh, as far as uh, the history of booking women, I can agree and then say that there's a little piece of hope I look for here. And that is in the fact that I've always talked about that one of the things that the men's division had really from jump was Chris Jericho. And the reason that was a big deal was because Chris Jericho brought so much name value to the division pretty much day one. They got to put the title on somebody who had so much wrestling credibility, right? 
but the women's division has really had to build itself from the ground up. It's all it, from day one. It's been a whole lot of unknown names that really made names for themselves inside AEW, um, which is huge testament to that in itself, right? You know, Britt Baker was not known before AEW, and Britt Baker is a name that a lot of wrestling fans know. Most wrestling fans know, right? Like Hikaru Shida, she had a 14-year career going into it, but she didn't. She was not well known in American circles at all, right? Thunder Rosa, uh, same deal, had a little bit of a following, but a lot of the women in AEW had to make names for themselves in AEW. Paige comes in with 2.3 million followers just on Twitter, right? Paige comes in as one of the most searched names in pro wrestling, period. Uh, that to this day, she's still one of the top most searched names. Paige comes in off of Total Divas. Paige comes in with a lot of credibility that I feel like that's not to knock anybody else in the division, but they did, they kind of had to build that in the division. Paige is one of the first names that they've gotten that brings that in. And I, I'm curious to see what Tony does with that because that's not something he's had before in the women's division is a built-in star name that he brings in with everything already done. I'm curious what that does. So um, I I can appreciate the wait and see approach. I probably am in it myself, but I will say that she is something that they haven't had before in that division. Yeah, it's probably something right now that the division needs because mm -hmm. I personally, I don't have a problem with the booking. I know a lot of people don't want Britt Baker to win. I mean, she didn't win at all out, so we're good. I don't personally have a problem with the booking. The talent is phenomenal, but it's more so you just got to give them time. And I think that's the problem with the women's division is that it was hard because, like you said, they had to start from the ground up. And it's hard to do that when you're giving them one segment a week or one segment, you know, for a show. And it's a short time. Um, not that that's really a problem, you know, you can have short segments and still build something, but sometimes it just doesn't feel like the women's division doesn't really go as far as some of the other divisions in the company. And I think I agree with you with Paige coming, Soraya, like, I almost see this as Brian Danielson coming to AEW last year. Granted, it is very two different situations. I'm talking more so of the star power. I mean, she mm -hmm. has her own movie. That the yeah, the, she has in, a movie you know? about. Yeah. She has a literal <laughs> movie about her, like that. There's... She has a, she has a movie about her that The Rock starred in, and and now Florence Pugh, who's a huge star, played her. Yeah, you know? so like <laughs> she's a huge name to come into not only just the women's division but into the company in general. She's the youngest women's champion in WWE with NXT and then the Divas title. Like she is a huge force coming into this division. I, I am. Just like you, I'm going to see how it plays out, you know, yeah. you know, I, 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 where I, it goes. I, I want to see how it plays out, but I do recognize that she is somebody different for this division and a name that, um, that they just, they haven't had before in terms of star power. And, uh, it, it's tough because like, even my daughter who hasn't seen her wrestle in so many years, like my daughter was even like, is that Paige? 
And uh, I had to, to stop because that was her favorite when she was like four years old. Um, but all of a sudden, um, it, it took her a second because, you know, when you have a kid who's 11 and they haven't seen Paige wrestle since, uh, God, what, she hasn't wrestled in five years, right? So now. Yeah, since 2018. Yeah, right. So. Actually 17. 17. Injured, yeah. 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 2017. And so I have a kid who hasn't seen her wrestle since she was six. That's half her life ago. And mm -hmm. she's like, it took her a second for it to even register who she was seeing when she came out last night. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm cautiously optimistic just because of the buzz that I know would surround her uh, in that division. Um, but I will say that, you know, one of the things that I have been uh, critical of, especially when it comes to that division is consistency. That's the thing I want to see out of the division more than anything else is seeing people on the show often that's it like mm -hmm. Britt got over for being there week in and week out getting her heel stick over and i will say what is this seven straight weeks of tony storm on the show yeah. i feel like that's it's been a long time since somebody has been consistently showcased on the show and uh hey if she's booked next week that's like the record for the division <laughs> so um that's that's ultimately a good thing uh so let's see matt james says i was at dynamite last night and imo i think rampage suffered greatly from a burnt out and tired crowd that progressively left before the main event do you think grand slam should be two nights i explained on grapsity having been at grand slam last year how they should have done it and what i said was I were putting this show together. There wasn't much to uh, elevation, I don't think. I think there was two matches, right? I think there was two matches, but one of them was Thunder Rosa. And I remember she got a huge pop. Yeah, she did. But that so, was really, yeah. It, so I just meant last night. There was two matches last night, right? Oh, last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant uh, last year. Um, I actually, I missed it because I was meeting people <laughs> that's okay uh the but point that, though from what i from what i heard there wasn't much going on <laughs> so what i said on grapsity was that what i would have liked to have seen is do an hour of rampage before the show do dynamite then an hour after and then all of a sudden you're not keeping people well past midnight in new york on a weeknight uh and <laughs> That to me, I think would kind of help load balance the show a little bit better. Um, that's me. That's what I would have done. I don't know how much set change that would have required because to me, I just change ring aprons and graphics and that's it. Uh, so who knows? But Tyrell says, having been to this year's and last year's shows, the lines got better, but that show runtime was a killer when you have a two hour drive home Ooh. after. Oh, I am so yeah, that two hour drive home. I feel you. I live all the way in the Bronx and I live like up there in the Bronx, which is so for you, Will, a drive. That's like a 40 minute drive. But on the train, on the subway, that's like an hour and a half. Yeah, the the good thing about Grand Slam is that the seven train is right there. There's a ramp uh -huh. that comes out and you just walk right into the arena which is nice and the trains like the subway works with the arena too there's always a train waiting for the crowd um 
but I, I would agree. Like there was, the show got out at like 12. I got home by like two in the morning on a Wednesday. I don't have a nine to five, but for some other people that might be bad. And after maybe like the second match into rampage, a lot of people left. A lot of people left. That was last year too. I was the only person in my row uh, at last year's show. I was the only person in my row by definitely halfway through Rampage. I think people were like, okay, Mm -hmm. we sang Judas. Let's let's, uh, skedaddle. Let's bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would say last year there was more people that stayed than there was this year. Like, I think because Eddie and Minoru Suzuki were at the end – People mm-hmm. were a little bit more like, okay, I'll I'll stay. But there were a lot of people that left compared to last year. Um, like, I'd never seen the floor seats be like there was actual floor. You know what I mean? Like, right. people from the floor seats were like, taking my seat. I'm going home now. Yeah, uh, well, that were, was like, the thing. Standing was standing up. Yeah. Oh, that was the, the thing. Because uh, as I'll point out, um, I actually have a chair from Grand Slam. So when I say <laughs> I was the only person in my row, I meant I was the only chair in my row. There weren't even empty seats. There was literally just my yeah. seat and me. <laughs> there were people because everybody their took their seat seats. And, yeah, there were people taking their seat and scooting it to the front too. <laughs> yeah, people took their seats last year, and I was the only seat in my row. Uh, that's why that's a significant point to make. Like that can happen at any show. But yeah. the, all the seats were gone. So uh let's see. Tom Talks Rubbish says Alex Queen of the Ring is the GOAT. Uh, I'm gonna point out this one that's not a super chat, but um still congratulates me on my Quizlemania win. Also hi Alex Joshi Bless. Um Joshi bless. I did win Quizlemania. I won Quizlemania yesterday. I still have like a whole list of stuff. I've got like sheets of paper with like things written down on it because um, there's <laughs> from playing Quizlemania at this desk literally 24 hours ago. Okay, but so two time Quizlemania winner. Okay, you're two time Quizlemania winner. I tuned in yesterday for Quizlemania and I saw at one point Sean came in with his trophy, but mm-hmm. y'all kept playing. What was. It was in the background Sean, while I was getting ready. Sean officially gave me the victory oh, from okay. that last time. So now I am a recognized Quizlemania winner from the time I got screwed. And then uh, and then I officially won this last time. Two-time Quizlemania winner, baby. And also, I'm still one half of the reigning and defending interim, interim Quizlemania tag team champions. Uh, so... The official Quizlemania Tag Championships, those will never get defended again. Um, those are held by the Good Brothers. But uh, we do know that. Uh, and then Sean and RJ City are the interim Quizlemania champions, who will probably also never defend those. So therefore, me and Denise Salcedo are the interim, interim Quizlemania Tag Team Champions, but officially recognized. There's a Tag Team Championship around here, too. There's also a Sega Genesis right here because of a because of a joke Sean Rossat made at me yesterday about my internet connection and he said I looked like I was on a Sega Genesis so I went and grabbed my Sega Genesis and I was like when I fixed my connection I go well now look I'm Sega Genesis with a 32x attachment and a Sega CD that's right folks <laughs> hauling out the big ones here and C says, got a feel for Tony, though. Every time he pushes a woman, they get injured, and he has to keep replanning. Um, 
We're kind of making the same yeah. face. Like, <laughs> as of recent, uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Corey says, a bit disappointed that the hater and Baker is likely on hold or canned for now, but I feel it's something they can cook up for later. It's not to say it's canned for now. Um, I feel like the best example of a storyline in which somebody was uh, heating up to turn on somebody, we've seen that twice now. The biggest ones were just recently Wardlow and MJF, where... As Wardlow was getting more and more popular, as fans were wanting to see it more and more, he showed his loyalties. But ultimately, the big turn came in a much in a in a big moment uh, and in a big way, and it happened at Revolution this past year. The biggest one of all time, Batista and Hunter. Right, that was the one that everybody wanted to see. It was a yeah. big, long time build. But there were times where they they swerved us multiple times, where it felt like, uh, am I getting scoops? Yes, I am. Um, but uh, there were times where uh, Hunter and Batista, where we thought, okay, the turn's coming, the turn's coming. And then Batista's like, no, I'm still showing my loyalty to evolution. And then we got the moment when it finally happened and it was a thing everybody wanted to see and everybody uh, was finally happy with it. I think with Jamie and Britt, they've been together, what, a year and a half now? Not even. It was last august so it, it's been just over a year uh this is one of those i don't think it got canned i think it's a give it time kind of thing where i think jamie as a character has to get burned by brit a couple more bigger times like there wasn't a big turn moment in the the fatal four-way at um at all out there wasn't a big backstabbing moment. Like, yeah, she stopped her from winning, but it wasn't like a a big, okay, you've crossed the line kind of moment. Like, that's not the moment for me, for a group, for two that have been together that long. That's not the moment I would have someone uh, walk away just yet if you want to get as much as you can out of that moment. So, I don't know. That's That's my feeling personally on it. Uh, and a couple more super chat. Shy Town Spurs says the discourse about the women's division coming out of Soraya's debut is so depressing. People claim the uh, to want more time in matches, but put them down at every turn. Um, I will say, mm-hmm. people have had this discourse about the women's division way before Soraya came to the company. Uh, I don't. That's all I'll say on that. Um, I think you just got to give them more time. That's all. I don't I don't see how some people are putting it down. Uh, I mean, so it, it depends. I will say that uh, now, granted, I think there are a lot of bad faith actors out there who will say they want more time and then turn around and like post botch clips and things like that. And I, I feel yeah. like um, that's the kind of stuff that, I, I'm like, either you want to see things happen more or you're going to trash what happens more, but you can't do both. Um, and so either way, and the, and this is a case where I do see it from the same people. And that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, look, either keep your, uh, like, just keep your criticisms focused. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about it. Uh, Tony says... I think Jamie is going to finally screw Britt when she is about to win a solo match for a title. See, there's there's a place to do it. Um, but I feel like Jamie's not there yet. Uh, and 
I don't know. It all depends on on what uh, Soraya is going to do. I, that so. would be a really good build up too. If it's like, because my thing with Jamie and Britt, like it feels like this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like what happened at All Out was one of their one, like the first times they've actually something has happened where somebody yeah. screwed over the other person and first point of dissension i can see that yeah. yeah and it's like they probably talked it out whatever but there's something there's at least like one element to justify jamie turning on brit or screwing brit over if brit has a solo title match but I, it would be you know like we've been saying all this throughout this whole show it's like it has to play out and i think that's the one thing i love about AEW is that I always let it play out, and most of the time when it does play out, it's great. It takes you a get like a good, satisfying people. conclusion. Yeah, yeah I, I thought yeah. that you know the first time we ever saw any dissension between Wardlow and MJF was like middle of 2020, where they had only been together like nine months at that point. I remember people going, "Oh, it's too soon for them to break up," but then like. It turned out that wasn't the breakup point. It was just to establish MJF being a dick toward Lowe. And then the actual breakup didn't happen for another year and a half after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it built more and more and more until people actually did want to see it. Uh, Life of Dean says, hey, Will, or hey, Will, and hi, Alex. Why does she get hi and I get hey? I don't know. But either way, um, hey, Dean. Uh, Life of Deem says, uh, Alex is the reason I started getting into Joshi wrestling. Uh, Grand Slams was awesome, but, uh, to be at, but Rampage, uh, ran really late. I had to leave before the main event because it was like 1230. 
I wish they filmed part of Rampage before Dynamite. That's what I was saying. Like, I, I feel like when you have a taped show, what does it matter where you tape it, whether it's before or after? Uh, mm-hmm. Just tape it. Um, that was my feeling on it. But uh, hopefully next year that's managed a little bit better because yeah, that hope. seems to be a common complaint. I just saw somebody say they got home at 4. So Ooh, I'm just so sorry for y'all. Yeah, I mean, like, people will go to the show early if they tape Rampage early, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah, I agree. It probably should be. At least if it's two hours, it should be before a show, you know? If well, it's an hour, I can get being, you know, after the show. But that's all. Like, getting home at 4 in the morning is a lot. <laughs> and, hey, you know, we... um yeah, so we'll see how this goes in the next year because you know Revolution, um, rumored, FightfulSelect.com, uh, is rumored to be on the West Coast this year, and uh, I will say that when it comes to those West Coast shows, late Rampage, great, right? Because all of a sudden getting out at nine thirty is way different. Getting out at twelve thirty, you can run a Rampage till midnight. I mean, not midnight, but you can run a two-hour Rampage and probably still have a crowd that's not worried about. Am I going to get home in time to get three hours of sleep? Yeah. Shy <laughs> uh, town Spurs um, basically confirmed what I was saying. This is not about booking, but the botch stuff. Booking warrants okay. criticism. So, um, And Anime Otaku says, I just want Jamie to finally do the DMD bit uh, when she flattens Brit and stands over her. You'll get it. Just give it time. It's It's got to happen. Um, and Alex Luna says, feels like... MJF mocks at full gear made me think that feels like the plan uh, was always MJF at full gear because the celebration would be in Chicago the next week. Ooh, Ooh. it would be because yes, the fallout of full gear is because uh, what full gear is November 19th. And then, yeah, you do have the Chicago dynamite right after that's probably what they were booking and planning. And, uh, now, would that be the first time they go back to Chicago since All Out? Yes. Ooh, I don't so, know. <laughs> different arena, though. This one will be the, what? Uh, uh, it'll be at Wintrust Arena, which they ran last okay. year. That's actually my favorite venue they run for Dynamite. Like, obviously, you have... Uh, the United Center, which is the best venue you can run in Chicago, period. Uh, but the is that more closer to the city? Uh, the United the Center, United, yeah, yeah, United Center is right in the middle okay. of the city. That's that's where the Bulls play. That is the oh, okay. arena in Chicago. Clicks now, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no better venue. That's uh, I think statistically, I think that you could probably argue um, the Greensboro Coliseum for like a handful of seats but i believe the united center is for capacity largest arena in america which is why it was such a big deal that uh cm punk made his return at the united center i get wwe runs all state arena in rosemont because it's right off the freeway and uh and they've been running it since forever it's been there since the 80s but best venue you can run is still united center but i feel like Wintrust is a great arena for them for dynamite anyway let's talk about dynamite because dynamite Opened in a way that really got people talking. It opened with the Ring of Honor World Championship on the line. Chris Jericho challenging 
Claudio Castagnoli. Could Chris Jericho win his eighth technically world championship? A lot of people arguing. Is Ring of Honor title really a world title? Well, look, it's actually called the Ring of Honor World Championship, so it's kind of hard to argue that it's not. But um, Chris Jericho challenged Claudio for the belt. Atmosphere was hot coming into this. It felt like people were were ready for Jericho. You, uh, Judas being sang in Arthur Ashe is always a great sight, and it always sounds interesting. Sure. Have you had a chance to watch it on TV? I okay, so I have not had a chance to watch this Dynamite on TV. That's um, okay. <laughs> but I've I saw what was going on with the backstage segments, which I mm -hmm. wish they would have aired at the arena, but that's totally fine. Um, so I think it's interesting how it played out with some some things, more specifically with the tag, which we'll get to in a little bit. Right. Um, but I feel like the atmosphere, nobody was expecting this match to come first. So when Jericho's like, you know, music- Oh man, hit, I wish somebody would have asked me. I had the match order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it think was like so. a little I late. Mean, like, <laughs> Was it a little late, like the match order? No, so what I had when I got the match order, um, I was like, Do I give this to Sean? This would probably be a good story, but I only had the match order of the first hour, and I was like, That's not worth a fightful select story. Uh, but I knew what they were opening with, and I knew when uh, the tag title match because that was like all I was concerned about. I was like asking around, I'm like, When is the tag title match happening? and I asked everybody, and they're like, Oh, it goes on after Jericho and uh claudio and i'm like well when's jericho and claudio and they're like that's the opener I'm like okay that makes sense uh so um things were like starting to line up and make sense but um the thing that i think was improved from last year was that so arthur ash stadium is a stadium it feels like a stadium when you were in there it is definitely a stadium versus an arena and the sound travels like a stadium. And so when that happens, you get a little bit of sound lag with certain things when it hits on camera, which is mostly fine when it comes for cheers and things. But when it's a crowd singing along with a song, and they had this problem last year, which was that there's like a slight lag between the, the audio we're hearing of Jericho's song and the crowd that's singing along with it. So it's like slightly behind because it's just how sound travels in a stadium. Um, it was funny sounding, but at the same time, uh, I knew that was the thing they wanted to open up with. I didn't know they were going to go for the title change here, though. That's the part that, that shocked me. What did you think of the match first off? I thought the match was good. I thought it was a good match. Um, I, again, I just wasn't expecting this match to go on first. The match itself, I thought, you know... There were some really good moments, especially with Carrie and Jericho, <laughs> which mm -hmm. I loved. Um, but overall, like the finish, when we get to it, it was just like, I don't know. But again, let's let it play out, you know, let's just let it play out. But I mean, I was just really hoping for that Claudio swing and we got it, which yeah, I'm really happy. About. We did. <laughs> um. I'll say this about where it's going. So I'm thinking back to Jericho at the last media scrum. And Jericho was asked about, you know, the Brian program. And he said that things weren't over with him and Brian Danielson. 
And then uh, I wasn't sure what that meant. And then, I mean, I, I knew what that meant. It meant that we were going to see more Brian Daniels and Jericho matches. Now, circumstantially, we ended up getting a rematch a lot sooner than I think they were planning on going with because they had to do the match for the tournament. But now in hindsight, especially knowing how this show ended, I'm wondering if this is all leading to Brian getting the Ring of Honor World Championship. But that all depends on how this show ended, right? That wasn't even a thought I had till the way the show ended. Uh, but yeah, Jericho is your new Ring of Honor World Champion. It's very weird. Very weird to even say those things. Like, if you had told me five years yeah. ago, yeah. five years ago, if you had said to me, <laughs> in 2022, Chris Jericho, man who is in 2017 feuding with Kevin Owens, that in 2022... Chris Jericho would be Ring of Honor World Champion. I would need to know how that could even possibly happen. And then when you tell me it's not even going to happen in Ring of Honor, <laughs> it's actually going to happen in front of a stadium crowd with one of the largest crowds for a television audience that year. Wouldn't even make sense. There's so many things about 2022 that do not compute. Uh, and because then you'd also have to say to me, and also Vince McMahon's not running WWE and he's not dead. So, uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things in like Cody coming back at WrestleMania. There's a lot of things in 2022 that would be very hard to explain to ourselves five years ago, but yeah, like you do have to give a shout out to Jericho, like now ring of honor world champion. He's won a title in WWE, WCW, AEW. He's won IWGP also the NWA middleweight championship. Like his legacy is insane. Also WCW, like that's so wild that he is literally the only person that could ever have that achievement in his career. Oh but yeah. It, it came to the cost of Claudio losing the world title and whatever happened with Jonathan Grisham, I don't know what happened. It is what it is. But I think a lot of people were excited that Claudio won the Ring of Honor World Champion because, you know, we've seen his career in WWE. He has so much potential. And so with him losing it last night was just a real stinger. And again, let's let it play out. But I am very curious what the next step is going to be for Claudio. Um, but you also have a lot of different elements that's playing around with the, uh, appreciation society with Garcia coming out, didn't really look too happy about, uh, Jericho winning it. I think he, he cheated. Did. Yeah. I mean, he cheated. That's pretty what, what, what it is. He cheated. And I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, he's, he's not a good guy, so it's a good <laughs> win for him. It makes sense. But I think what you were saying before, Danielson going after it, it does make sense. It would be very, very good. Every The nostalgia that old Ring of Honor fans would have about Brian having a title, which be, would be great. I would love to see Eddie Kingston go after the title and continue that story with Jericho. It might be overplayed. I, it's, I don't know if I because like even Eddie <laughs> Kingston was like if I never face Chris Jericho again it's too soon like true, I kind of still feel that I too. just want I just want Eddie with a title any title mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
And if it's taking it away from Jericho, I would love that even more. Brent says, so does Effie just lend his jacket out to people? And he's a, he's a yeah. trendsetter, so. Uh, and Van Twinblade says, I sent my chat on the humpers because uh, YouTube is borked. I do have your humper. I will read that here shortly. Um, I actually saw it come up on my other screen. I keep them over here. Alex also says, uh, feels like Claudio Wheeler versus FTR at the next ROH pay-per-view since both Claudio and Wheeler both lost their ROH titles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, they've still got one more ROH pay-per-view for the year. And so I think that's another thing that they're probably considering is how to fill up this Ring of Honor card at the next pay-per-view. And I think they probably see putting the belt on Jericho as a good way to sell pay-per-views for the next main event whatever it ends up being um because if you do end up doing jericho versus brian main event of the next ring of honor pay-per-view you do stand to be able to sell a lot more pay-per-views than you probably would with anything else but i don't know uh i guess we shall see the next match on the card though straight into it uh, we had for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, the acclaimed, challenging, swerve in our glory for the gold. When whose house hit, the booze rang down. I was so happy. It felt so good because, um, look, uh, like, Swerve's ready. He's ready to turn. He's ready. I mean, the turn kind of already happened. He's kind of been working against the fans for a while. He attempted to cheat in this match. I think uh, we've been seeing the shades of his heelness for a minute. But to hear it play out, whose house hit and those boos ran da rang down. And he still came out to the ring. Had fabulous with him. Um, and That's so wild <laughs> in a Knicks jersey at that. My gosh. Yeah. I know, right? Um, I didn't know about Fabulous, by the way. I asked, and what I got was, you'll see. And I'm like, ooh, I know he's got something planned, but I didn't know what it was. And so when Fabulous came out, I'm like, what? What? That's, I don't know. That's cool. The uh, um, And who was it else? DJ Woo Kid? Yeah, DJ Woo Kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also the former um dj of the of g unit and also uh serious xm's own he all he uh sort of was just on his show this past week and uh so this was just really cool uh sort of and our glory made their way out and uh the acclaimed huge reception Huge reaction. They're panning across the crowd. As Alex mentioned, everybody is scissoring. scissoring. There's signs across the board. I tweeted last night about how I feel like, guys, the acclaimed really does feel like AEW's first truly started from the bottom act. That I went and hunted down their first match as a team on Dark, and I posted the clip of their first entrance it was rough. It was really rough. Uh, it was in October of 2020. And uh, they didn't even officially call themselves the acclaimed yet. Uh, in Max's rap, he said, I'm Max. He's Anthony. We're critically acclaimed. But they weren't officially the acclaimed yet. And 
the fact that they went and they lost the best friends very short fashion but the fact that they went from uh this jobber tag team that they brought in that had never tagged before by the way this jobber tag team that they did in october of 2020 in front of no fans in front of the pandemic and and the reason that the pandemic's noteworthy is because um i always think about successful pandemic era acts because it's one thing to debut in front of fans and get over it's another thing to debut in front of no fans where you don't know necessarily what's over and what's mm-hmm. been working what's clicking and so dark was always taped in front of no fans like it wasn't even when they were bringing in you know the the couple hundred fans to come watch dynamite uh during the pandemic dark was always taped with nobody there and so just to see them come up the way they have in over two years overcome so many obstacles anthony bowens had been injured twice max caster had been suspended uh and they just kind of overcame so many things to be where they are to be the most popular act on that show and a stadium show everybody just wanted to see them win and they got their moment how was this being there it was on a different level i would i would compare it to watching it at home at all out like Mm -hmm. i'm sure all out was insane like like i said before the whole entire arena were scissoring each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like they were, like I said, it's the new too sweet. It really is. And the crowd, like as soon as those sirens came up, that was (laughs) in that till that moment, like the biggest pop of the night was when they came out. Um, And I agree, like the rise of, of the acclaim. I think that's why they are so special to the fan base and why they got, so much momentum during that first tag match at all out um because it was so organic to see it and it it was and the and the pop for them has been so organic so when they came out man like i almost felt like the wires that were holding up the screens were like shaking and especially you know when they won but uh (laughs) but yeah i mean overall the match itself I think a lot of people were on the edge of their seats throughout the whole mm-hmm. entire match. And you can feel it too in the crowd. Um, like I just watching it at home. I don't like you were saying before the sound with the stadium, how it, you know, displays on TV. It was on, it really was on another level. And there was that one spot where Max Caster, he gets on the top rope and I don't know what he was trying to do, but like he tweaked his knee and there was that moment where you can feel everybody in the arena just like, like, oh no, like they're not going to get it. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, he's not going to get it. He's injured. He's injured. And of course, you know, with injuries now in AEW, a lot of people were really scared that, you know, medics were going to come out and help him out. They didn't. They continued the match. And then when they won it was a wild experience to be a part of like i've been a part of you know the hardys coming out at 30 uh 33 at wrestlemania mm-hmm. i've been i've been in you know great muda coming out at uh madison square garden in g1 that was one of those two were one of the biggest pops that i was a part of not anymore because when the acclaimed one like like i said it just the whole entire atmosphere going into this event 
was just the acclaimed has to win, the acclaimed has to win, the acclaimed has to win. Now I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Keith and Swerve. Like you said, Swerve has been building up this like this heel turn for a while. I think like some really great heel turns, a good heel turn is is good when it's justified for that person to turn. And I feel like Swerve has been justified for a very long time. And in that way, last night he tried to win in a very heel way. Um, and I'm very excited to see what their future holds for them. I think Swerve has the potential to really big, be a big star and go for the world title soon. Maybe not this year, but that's going to be huge when he eventually does. Yeah, I think that ultimately he he always we always knew he signed to be a solo act. But um, no, I've liked the way everything's played out. Honestly, I'm happy to see swerve in our glory get their flowers for this tag title reign i've been seeing it all over twitter of people going you know what i wasn't sure what to expect from this reign uh when they first won i thought really swerve in our glory went in the tag titles like i thought it the bucks would have retained i thought it was ftr's time but people are coming away going but at the end of the day it was a good reign it worked everything clicked and uh it was used to then put over um a really organic homegrown act that uh i think people were chomping at the bit a little bit more than ftr to see win the title so like it worked everything worked here and at the end of the day um i i just saw in the chat somebody saying well billy gunn he had a famous around swerve sure uh swerve also attempted to use the boom box on yeah. <laughs> the acclaimed <laughs> and uh it backfired and he ended up hitting keith lee but i would say uh Turnabout is uh, a little bit of fair play on that one. Um, Fan Twin Blades asking, what you getting there, Will? Don't worry about what I'm getting there. Uh, there will be... <laughs> no, uh, for real, there, there's... Like I said, there's there's stuff happening. Um, it's... We are... I'll say... Extremely <laughs> responsible with reporting at Fightful, right? Um... I say that, but then I talk about the fact that Sean inadvertently got a page rumor going that turned out to be correct, and he was joking when he put it out when uh, it was Louis Dangor had tweeted about uh, what kind of surprises could we see, and Sean posted a gif of Paige, and that started, like, Reddit ran with that, and they're like, oh, Sean Ross Sapp is hinting that Paige could be at Grand Slam, and Sean even was correcting, like, guys, this was a joke. Uh, and then, as it turned out, no, it wasn't. He was actually correct. <laughs> he was completely correct. And he uh, wasn't planning on being correct at all there. He, it just happened. He's like, when have I, because he was like, when have I ever put out news that way? That I have literally never just dropped news as a reply to some, I guess he has before, but like that's not how he would have handled the uh Soraya that moment right yeah, yeah that yeah, moment yeah. had he known <laughs> that it was gonna be that big um and so <laughs> this was I, yeah it just but happened. either way <laughs> either way I was really happy to see the acclaimed get the victory they got confetti uh they are your tag team champions Swerve has a little bit to be angry about there's gotta be cool developments and then we got to the back and FTR 
congratulated yes. the acclaimed on their big tag team championship win. But they were interrupted by the gun club. Oh, see, that's that was the part that I was mentioning in the beginning of the show that I wish they would have shown shown at the arena. And mm-hmm. that was the one thing that I did catch was FTR saying something. So it was just like, for me, it sparked because it was like, I would like to see FTR versus the acclaimed. I love the acclaimed. They're a really great act. I think having a story with FTR makes them be, you know, take the titles and their reign a little seriously. Not that they kind of really like need it because they're comedic, but they're also, you know, they're great contenders towards any match. Um, but I think a match with FTR would kind of lev- level them up a little bit. Um, yeah. But the ass boys coming in, that's... <laughs> Aren't they with the firm? Yeah, they are. So, okay, okay, uh, okay. okay. Um, as a matter of fact, my brain immediately went to, oh, this is the first time that we can kind of start to approach the story that the Pinnacle kind of abandoned MJF. And... Uh, oh. The firm works for MJF. So there's there's places you could go with this. And uh, I'm kind of interested in seeing where we can go with it. But the next segment was actually Wheeler Yuta being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, top of the stage. But he's interrupted by, you know, you talk about the pop the acclaimed got. Maxwell Jacob Friedman's music hits. And the roof comes off the place. That's what uh, I said. At that moment, <laughs> the acclaimed got a big pop, but then MJF came out. I also feel like they did Wheeler Yuta a little dirty. Oh, they did. <laughs> they uh, did. What, like what a difference a few months made for Wheeler Yuta because, uh, you know, part of what got Wheeler Yuta so over was the wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being in there with MJF on the mic, though, that that's one of those ways to definitely turn a crowd against somebody pretty much anybody mjf uh basically ran down wheeler yuda ran down the blackpool combat club about the fact that wheeler's two daddies are going head to head and um he called wheeler the king of low-hanging fruit or sorry wheeler called uh, Max, the king of low-hanging fruit. Um, Wheeler was starting to get booed the more he talked, and that was bad. Uh, until MJF kind of turned it around by um, mentioning Regal and Regal teaching Yuta how to pop pills. That really pissed off the crowd there. Wheeler slapped the mic out of MJF's hand, uh, and then this ended up the MJF knocks over Tony Schiavone, kind of shoves Tony Schiavone down. Uh, the crowd Knocked didn't like... my tone bone. Uh, no, and people didn't tone like that. <laughs> people did not Chabonet. like that. And that resulted in Wheeler then throwing some punches on MJF. Uh, and I feel like that got the crowd behind Wheeler in a way where the, the promo stuff very much didn't. So... And we were kind of focused the rest of the night on... Uh, so you didn't hear the part that MJF has been fined for his actions against Tony Schiavone. And because uh, that was all on commentary, Tony Schiavone spent pretty much the rest of the night upset on commentary about MJF laying his hands on him. 
mean, I don't blame him. You can't mess with the tone bone. That's what I'm saying. That's what I like to call Tony Schiavone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't uh, know that part that he was getting fined, but, you know. Yeah, I figure you yeah. guys weren't privy <laughs> yeah. to that information, but that did happen yeah. on commentary. I mean, the, the only thing that I will say about commentary, they should throw up commentary when William Regal's on and he's flirting with Excalibur. That's the one <laughs> thing I missed about being there live. <laughs> uh so backstage, you know what's funny is we talked on Grapsity about how who could Diamante be bringing in? And we're like, well, you know, the person she's describing sounds like Trina. Like, I thought that when she read when the um, the spoilers came out. And then I'm like, oh, but she said original baddie. Maybe she's talking about Red Velvet. I don't know. Uh, and no, it turned out to be Trina. Trina had hinted at it a couple days ago when she retweeted a lot of stuff about AEW. And then we were like, wait, it actually is Trina? What could be happening here? Trina's backstage with... Uh, and, and I liked little things here. Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill and the baddies um, basically just talking their shit. Diamante comes in and she's like, I brought my friend. And it turned out to be Trina. And I loved Jade turning to... Um, to Kiara Hogan and going, wait, did you know about this? Because this is your girl. That was a good little line there because I've mm-hmm. kind of hated the idea of like everybody knows, or at least it's a, I won't say everybody, but it's at least public enough knowledge that Diamante and Kiara Hogan are a couple to the point of where anything that involves them on opposite sides is a little bit of a head scratcher. Like you got to address like something. It's a little bit of an elephant in the room. And I like just Jade Cargill in a quick line, just saying, wait, she got Trina. Why didn't you tell me about this? This is your girl. Quick little line. It was a throwaway line, but I thought it was good. Uh, And that's it. That's Trina. Trina. uh, Look, I have a Trina story to tell. I wasn't sure if I was going to tell the story, but I'm going to tell the story. It's, 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 (laughs) It's a story of a young Will Washington. Probably was about 16 years old. You can Google it. Uh, Google Trina King Magazine 2004. So anyway, I... Googling that now. But (laughs) I just... Look, I liked Trina when I was 16. I still like Trina. But I liked Trina a lot when I was 16. Uh, So of course, there was this... Yeah, this King Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this King Magazine. (laughs) And I was like... I'm going to buy this. And uh, I grabbed it. And I remember I got to the counter. This is at a 7-Eleven. And I just put it on the counter. And it's that embarrassing exchange where, like, I don't want to make eye contact with anybody. I'm like, just just give me the King Magazine, please. Um, And uh, the guy at the counter is just looking at me. And I'm like, I don't want to look up. And he he picks up the magazine. Which of course just has Trina's ass on the cover. If you if you're seeing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, looks at the cover, and he goes, "There should be a law." And then he <laughs> scans it, and I just hand my cash over, and I'm like, "I just want to leave. I just want to leave." And I put the magazine in my backpack, and I got home, and I own that magazine somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it is today, but. <laughs> At some point, I definitely owned that issue of King Magazine with Trina on the cover. 2004, <laughs> spring 2004, King Magazine. Um, so, what state were you in at this time that 
the clerk this... was like, this should be legal. Uh, yeah, it was in uh, Colorado. I was oh, Colorado, probably not okay. that far from where I am today. But yeah, this was just a, it was a thing. 16-year-old me, like the original Bad e Trina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was your moment last night. <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, all Atlantic title on the line pack took on orange Cassidy and I thought personally, this was a, an incredible performance by orange Cassidy where I thought that you know, we always see Cassidy kind of turn it up throughout the match, but we've never seen Cassidy come out with fire the way he did here. And I thought the way he was like, nah, I'm fucking sick of pack. I am uh I'm coming in to fight for this championship. And it wasn't the the first pack Orange Cassidy match or even the second one. This was a fiery Orange Cassidy who was in there in a almost like a sarcastic way, in a way where he was like, you know, I, I thought the spot with Pac going for the um the the black arrow and Cassidy just like raising his foot the whole time and is just oh like my God, come on yeah. down. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. What I wasn't expecting out of this was a pack heel turn mm -hmm. because death triangle as a group are still baby faces and uh like pack was kind of playing the heel throughout the match but it's like you know it's because the fan favorite is orange cassidy but then when he grabbed the uh the ring bell hammer and clocked orange cassidy with it that to me was the moment where i'm like oh that's a turn he's like a full-on heel here mm-hmm and uh sorry i just got a work message um this was great i just had fun with this i thought orange cassidy was uh really on fire throughout the match i was somewhat believing he could win and but at the end of the day pack cheated what did you think of this i will admit it was a good match. There's it a but was, coming. It but yes, but um, I I wasn't satisfied with the way that this match came about. More so with the build and everything. I think Pac turning heel in the middle of the match was great. Of course, like you said, Orange Cassidy, he's the fan favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, root for him. But also, people have been rooting for him for so long. And what, this is his eighth title match that he's had in AEW, and he hasn't held a title in three years. And he's been white hot since the company has been established. Um, that's just my one thing about it. Maybe that's because I'm just a huge Orange Cassidy fan. But, you know, Orange Cassidy can go. And even in his first match with Pac, like, he proved that. So yeah. in terms of, like, a good wrestling match, I knew it was going to be a good match. And it was a good match. Definitely was not, like, anticipating for Orange Cassidy to win. Um, but, you know, there was that one, that one spot where, like, 
Orange was doing his little lazy kicks and then Pac like threw in that drop kick, which is really, really fun to see. But I, yeah, there was just something about this match where it's just like, I could take it or leave it. I think that there were a couple matches that happened in Rampage where they probably could have switched spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think they wanted to make Ram or Grand Slam all championship matches. All championships, that, yeah, 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 which is which is very valid. Um, but there's something about the All Atlantic Championship that's just it needs a little bit more judge for me because when they announced the title, I was excited because going into Joshi background, there is a title at Stardom called the SWA ch- uh, Championship. Where it's the same thing, where if somebody is, you know, from Japan, it has to be somebody else who is not from Japan to, you know, mm-hmm. face for the title. So I was very excited for the All Atlantic Championship because of that reason for it to be announced. For me, it just has been a little stale. Pac is a really great champion, but it needs something else. I think maybe if it was a different opponent. Versus Pac, I would have been a little bit more excited. And I would have been a little more into the match. But I was, I'll be honest, I was checking Twitter to see what was going on, <laughs> you know, in the backstage segments. Um, that's when I found out about, like, FTR. But, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I just think they had to switch it up a little bit. Maybe it was, like, you know, placement of the card. Again, titles, understood. But that's that's just me. <laughs> that's yeah, my I- opinion. <laughs> There's a piece of me that kind of was buying the idea that Orange Cassidy could and probably should win. Just thinking about the idea that um, Ethan Page is kind of gunning for that belt. Mm -hmm. And he also declared that he's going to take out the meme wrestlers to get there. And I thought, well, there's no bigger of a meme wrestler than Orange Cassidy. And so, like, they actually kind of had another story kind of set up there. So, Mm -hmm. I'm curious what, where Ethan Page and all that stuff is going. But... Uh, yeah, I guess, so they're talking about in the chat that, like, Pac had kind of been working heel against um, Kip Sabian as well. But for the most part, like, Pac officially turned face at, like, end of 2020. Like, he's been basically specifically aligned babyface. And, like, even going into the three-way, Pac and Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy, like, Pac was pretty uh, specifically positioned at worst tweener but like he kind of had babyface positioning in that match he wasn't really doing much heelish stuff and definitely wasn't positioned against the fans um that of course was i guess because the second time pack and orange cassidy faced each other was the one-on-one match in 2020 where they had to do the audible finish because cassidy got hurt in the match mm-hmm. um and that was daily's place and a lot of people have forgotten all the stuff that's happened in daily's place the yeah i don't know i don't know where this goes i will say this though we immediately got a four-way match for the interim aw women's championship uh athena debuted some new music and uh what was the song by the way i know it was posted to twitter but i know it is uh officially licensed music i want to say or at least a song not by Mikey Ruckus. Uh, 20 seconds. Let me, not even 20 seconds. It'll take me far less than that. But I'm trying to pull I'll, up like what the I'll fill actual up theme your is. Time. I'll fill up your time by saying at this point, I went to go get some waffle fries and I ran into Kate from Fightful there. 
And hey. she's also getting chicken tenders. Kate so, Elizabeth. Yeah. Keeping it in the Fightful family. That's right. <laughs> Um, but I unfortunately missed the entrances because we were getting waffle fries and chicken tenders. <laughs> so I didn't even realize that Athena had a new music. So this is also breaking news to me. Yes, Athena did have new music. Uh, damn it, I can't find it. Um, but she did have, as she absolutely had, oh wait, 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 there it is. Okay, so it is by the group Plush. It is titled Athena. It is a song that came out in 2021. And it is now the official theme music of Athena. So, um, Athena is... So, I had a problem with this show just on the fact that up until this point, we had three matches and we only had two more left. But three of the five matches on this show had finishes that ended with something relating to a ref being distracted, which was... The ref being distracted, Jericho, it's the low blow. Ref distracted, uh, Swerve gets hit with the Famouser, ref distracted, and Pack gets to use a ring bell hammer to hit Orange Cassidy. Is so, this why people were saying the refs got buried? Yeah, uh, because at that point, there was three matches that ended with refs kind of looking stupid um which like one is one thing and like raw had a very similar problem this week too where like uh -huh. the whole sh like throughout the show it's just like hey here's a distraction finish here's a distraction finish uh so i'm like please no more distraction finishes on this show um and luckily the last two matches did not but i thought that they came in here to cook i thought pretty much from the start of the match for the interim women's championship. You know, I was worried about the fact that we had just seen a four-way at uh, at All Out and it featured two of these participants that it would be too similar. Didn't think it was similar at all. I thought that they kind of just came out of the gate swinging and I thought that they really came in there to cook. I thought Athena did a phenomenal job building the crowd back into it. It felt like the crowd yeah. um, kind of started off a little bit uh, subdued, but she did the work in getting the crowd into the match. And I thought they were more into Athena than anybody in this match. They were. Uh, they were more into Athena um, into this match. And even like the acclaimed had just won. Again, it was the biggest pop. The crowd you could feel was a little tired during the mm -hmm. Pac and Orange Cassidy match. But Athena really brought them back, especially that one move where she like got into a backbreaker. It was something else and then a backbreaker. Man, mm -hmm. Athena can go. She's so yeah. much fun to watch in the ring. I'm like, the stuff that she was doing with Jade, it was like, all right, I'm glad that she's in this title scene. And the Jade title scene, the TBS title scene, it is what it is. It's great What what's going on there. But Athena, man, like, again, the way that she could just bring a crowd in just from her moveset alone is mm -hmm. just phenomenal. Like... That was her match. That was her night, I feel. Just to kind of ev elevate her a little bit more of like, hey, remember, I'm in this division as well. And I agree with you. I, Serena being a part of the match and Athena, they brought different stuff compared to Jamie and Hikaru Shida in the last match at All Out. Uh, 
yeah, it was it was a good it was a really good match. Again, I think the ladies, I think a lot of people came back for this match. Um and even that one spot where Serena had I think it was Athena on a hold and then Tony Storm had Brit on a hold and they were just like talking shit to each other. That yeah, was fun that was to great. See. Yeah. That was a great spot there too. Um now Anime Otaku notes that it's her indie music, she's friends with the band. Cool. Um cool. then that's that's one of those cool things where I do like to see people get to bring in kind of their own sound and uh when it works, it works. The uh so it was I, I would say the spot that got everybody really on their feet was the spot in which um Athena had both uh Serena Deeb and Britt Baker lifted. Now of course the landing on that resulted in Britt uh getting her nose busted open and possibly broken. So uh it was fascinating to see again a bloody face Britt Baker. It's such a common sight um because it's it's happened so many times but uh yeah, she's the blood of guts of the company <laughs> she is tony storm retained but the heels were not happy about that and they lay the boots to our baby faces athena and tony storm then out comes jamie hater whose side is she on and she sides with her girl brit it's now three on two what's happening here and then some music hits crowds not sure who it is and then when the word soraya hits oh my god the screen hits the tron crowd loses it they pop so hard Biggest i was i was so happy oh. for her i don't know what this means because she didn't exactly clear the ring. There was no physical action. What does this mean? What is this? I don't know. But I'm intrigued. She is a big deal. She's a huge deal. She's a huge... I mean, just like we were talking about at the top of the show. She's a massive star coming into this division. Mm -hmm. You know, she she planted a big old seed into that division and it's going to be very exciting to see where it goes what's being planned um but man i cannot emphasize enough the pop that she had when she came out it's so well deserved i'm so happy that she got that moment and uh just she, you know she get, gets into the ring and she starts saying this is my house and people are really like yeah let's go Everyone's yeah really i took excited. a little umbrage with x and like yeah. first off swerve's house uh but <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to my cousin how dare you <laughs> yeah um so yeah i did but at the same time hey people get to have their houses who knows uh i don't know what any of this means is she going to wrestle I don't know. I don't actually know. Uh, well, she's up on the site with she, uh, graphics and wins and loses the rankings. But so everybody's but, there. Uh, yeah, so, so we don't really know. But... We we don't know. Uh, this this could mean anybody. I mean, Mark Henry's got a win-loss record. Um, I, yeah, don't, <laughs> I don't know what this means. Uh, I want to know. I'm very intrigued. That's That's what I will say. I am extremely 
intrigued. If yeah. she is on the site, and it's such a cool visual to see. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe she's I mean, back. I can't. Yeah, I really, I'm so excited. There are so many, there are so many people excited to see her back. And that makes me so happy. And, you know, regardless if she wrestles, if she's, you know, a mouthpiece for somebody, who knows? I mean, when she was a general manager of SmackDown, that was cool. I liked her. I thought she was general. one of the better authority figures. I love, yeah. like, I think we get so wrapped up in wanting to see, like, heel authority figures who are involved in storylines and all that. But, man, it's really great when sometimes if you're going to do an authority figure, they literally just exist just to pop the fans, just to be like, mm -hmm. okay, something isn't happening that the fans want to see. Well, here's a baby face to go, actually, it's this. Yeah. And she did that perfectly. That's all you need sometimes. Like, that's the thing Mick Foley was great at. And that's the thing William Regal was great at in NXT. I think, honestly, that's all Paige ever needed to be. And she was great. And for whatever reason, when WWE ran that dumbass storyline in hindsight, where they were like, well, we haven't been doing a good job. We haven't been listening to the fans. And they had the big bands come out and they're like, really? We're going to take control now. We're like, you were literally actually in control. And they're like, so we're going to remove Baron Corbin as general manager on Raw. And we're going to remove Paige as general manager on SmackDown. Even though that's all storyline. That, I don't know. that <laughs> They weren't the actual problem that people had. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, Paige, Soraya coming back. I mean, wrestling is literally in her blood. She was literally in the womb when her mom was wrestling. So yes. regardless of how she was going to come back, she was going to come back either way. And I'm happy to see her in AEW. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where she was going to do it, but I'm glad she's back. A man of culture says crowd loved the return. Twitter did not. I don't know who you're following on Twitter. I All I've seen is people happy. Um, people happy for uh, if there is any negativity around it. I've seen minor amounts of it mostly what i've seen is especially other wrestlers um i love seeing you know bailey uh celebrating this return yeah. and uh just a lot of her wwe peers were like we are just happy to see soraya get this moment really I mean, even, happy for her. even absolution mandy rose and sonia deville they were happy to see her back you know yeah i haven't i have not seen that on my side of twitter but mm -hmm. if there are people saying it I probably have them blocked. So yeah, I know. I I must not be following anybody or have the the right people muted to because I definitely am in this new side of my life for whatever reason where I don't like blocking people. Uh, and the uh, so because I don't know, people tend to wear that as a badge of honor, and I hate it. Uh, where people screenshot and be like, look, I got to them, they blocked me. So I just mute them because then it's like, I still don't see your stuff and you don't get the satisfaction of even knowing I did so. <laughs> so True. you can get, you, you can tweet at me into the abyss. <laughs> I'll never know. So until the, when Twitter does those weird glitches, we're like something will leak through a mute. Um, but other than that, I don't give people the satisfaction of thinking that a block 
got to me. So instead, you just get muted. It's very easy. See, I'm very different. I protect my peace. I have to block those people. I think it's weird when they bring it up in person. And I we have I at least have to remind them like you realize Twitter isn't real life and I don't mm -hmm. know who you are because your picture is not your face. So it doesn't matter. But proud of you for also doing that and not giving them that satisfaction <laughs> yes like i said it's it's just a just is what it is yeah you don't get to know the satisfaction you don't get to know if i'm not seeing your stuff anymore uh let's see so van twinblade said um i'll give you three dollars if you play the two videos glory pro put up on their instagram on grapsity um hmm think Glory Pro would actually have to give us those uh, three dollars, um, just or to make more. sure that our, our account <laughs> stays uh, stays in good standing, doesn't get flagged for content. Because man, does this account ha struggle with that? Also, hi Alex, can the Church of Joshi pray for Tootie Lin to get the call from Japan? We're setting our prayers now. We are praying to our to our overlords, Aja Kong, Minami Toyota, Bull Nakano to the Joshi overlords to send her there. Man, there's a lot of good people that could be in stardom or TJPW. There are really a lot. I hope that Willow Nightingale also fixes her visa because that was exciting for her to be announced to go to TJPW. But duty, we need Speaking you. of which, big news out of Japan today. I was literally just texting my best friend because we were planning a trip to Japan. Um, we have been planning for this past January and that was January, 2022 was a trip we were planning way back in like 2019 before a pandemic. We were like, okay, that's the year we're going to take uh, no, it was January, 2021. I can't believe that was the year we were going to go. And then we weren't able to, and we were literally just texting each other. Like, uh, did you see visas not required any longer for travel to Japan? Fingers crossed. So I am now, are really... you you're really excited? Yes. Really I excited. <laughs> I was gonna ask, are you planning to go for Wrestle Kingdom? That was the plan. Okay. Yeah, that was the plan before. So I'm gonna start looking at finances and figuring out if I could pull off Wrestle Kingdom uh next year. Yeah, ho hopefully you can, dude. That's I've I've always wanted to go. Kayla and I, who's my co host for Church of Joshi. We have been talking about it since we started Church of Joshi. Um, and yeah, I, I texted her today about the, the visa stuff. I think she's at work, so she didn't text me back yet. But once she finds out, she'll be very excited. Uh, yeah, we definitely want to make a trip to go out to Japan for the wrestling, of course, but also just the culture of it all. It's I just, so cool. I, I've never been. So at the, at yeah. the end of the day, <laughs> I just want to go. The The problem, so my best friend has been. So this is going to be one of those like, Ooh. oh, cool. I get to be kind of guided and, and helped out here. Um, but no, this this is exciting. This is, this is a new world all of a sudden. Yeah. It's the yeah. old world, but... Uh, uh, definitely different. <laughs> and so I, I, I hope I'm able to pull this off. I don't know. Maybe I can uh, finagle something out of uh, Jimmy Van just to to make it not hurt as much, Jimmy. It's a business trip. <laughs> yes. The car. Really? I, 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 I will go to cover 
uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year, and I will, uh, I'll be at the the press conferences. I'll do all of it. Come on, little side That's shows it. like Choco Pro or anything. You'll go to anything. I will go, go to anything. Absolutely. I love. Look, uh, first off, Tokyo Joshi Pro stays on my. Uh, that was the reason I subscribed to Wrestle Universe, and um, I keep my, my subscription going. Either way, let's uh, finish up with our main event. AEW World Championship on the line. Brian Danielson, my favorite wrestler in the world, taking on John Moxley as Ricardo, the dream, puts it. Mox, the ace, doing ace things. He's my champion. I will say I was had. Damn it. Because I was of the belief that this was Brian's night. Brian even laid it out there on Road mm. 2 this week. He talked about how this he's only lost four times in AEW. He, and the four people he had lost to were Daniel Garcia, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Hangman Adam Page. And thus far, he got his win back over Daniel Garcia. He beat... Uh, Hangman Adam Page. He beat Chris Jericho, and there was only one person <laughs> left, and it was John Moxley. <laughs> um, and uh, and that was the the win he needed back to avenge all of his losses. Like it was a perfect kind of setup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about my issues with this match first. I thought they only needed to cut to MJF maybe one or two times. But they kept cutting to those shots of MJF oh. a lot, uh, where MJF was, of course, um, positioned to watch the match with the chip. I didn't need to see MJF that many times. I felt like we were just kind of reminded that he was there looming way too much. Um, that did tell us that for people thinking that there might be like a money in the bank type moment, like, yeah, he's nowhere in any position to do so. Yeah, unless uh, he's like WrestleMania 12, HBK ziplining down to the ring. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I that might say, be a cool moment, but yeah. yeah I, was like, I mean, he could hook on to the, the chip <laughs> and then just ride down with the chip or something. Yeah. Because it still had the hook on it. But they were showing uh, MJF on the big screen. I thought maybe it was just for... I didn't realize that they kept cutting it on... TV back at home because I remember seeing on the screen there was a split screen with the match and MJF but granted like the crowd was hysterical for his facial expression so I thought that they were just showing it just for the crowd I didn't they, they, look, most for... of the stuff like because they were showing us the Tron like they do a big pan out where they would um, show the match happening in the ring and then you, we could see the Tron above the ring mm-hmm to see what you guys were seeing. And I don't know, I just, it was a little too focused on him. Other than that, these guys work great together. Uh, I thought Moxley um, pulling out the stomp, the curb stomp, very nice. Wild, right? Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> uh, Brian just brings it. There was a lot of intensity here. Uh, and I think both guys very much had the crowd in the palm of their hand. I can't, you know, I, I think it was probably 60-40 from a viewership standpoint. It felt like mostly oh, Brian. 
it was split. Yeah, it was it was split in the in the arena for sure. It was split. Um, I'm very happy I got to see a cattle mutilation in person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm very happy about that. And also the that spot where they were on the top of their heads and they were just like slapping each slapping other. Slapping each other. Yeah. It was That's oh, always man. Great. It see, and that makes me sad that y'all, you know, got cut a few times going into MJF because the match Ooh, the match was really good. But I also could have gotten a little bit more time with that mm -hmm. match, you know? Yeah, definitely. I thought uh, when it started, I thought, oh, wow, this is all we're getting out of this. But here we are. Uh, yeah. Moxley, uh, he, when he hit that paradigm shift on the stage, I thought, oh, there's not a whole lot of time left to do anything else. What's going to happen here? How do we get to the Brian victory? Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> and then once you start to realize the Brian victory is like not happening, Oxley is the three time AEW world champion. I'll say this I wanted the Brian win. I was rooting for Brian. I thought the setup kind of set up Brian Danielson nicely to become a world champion. But I also know that MJF is looming and is going to become champion. If Brian is going, or if MJF is going to win the title very soon here, it makes more sense for him to beat Moxley. Absolutely. Uh, especially considering if you don't have the CM Punk feud to run back, and it sounds like they weren't going to have that anyway since Punk tore his tricep. Um, if you don't have that feud to run back, Luckily, Moxley does have history with MJF, and he did beat MJF the last time they faced each other for the title. You do have that to run back to. So in that sense, I do feel like no matter what, MJF's title win probably should be the... Uh, it probably should be a moment where he's getting a little bit of like redemption for being MJF, right? So that should come over Moxley, not Brian, who he's never interacted with one time. On the other side, though, I just wanted to see Brian get it. You, we could do MJF anytime. I know that they're like, <laughs> it's probably happening at full gear. MJF's going to walk out of the, the Prue with the title. Fine. But man, I just wanted to see Brian get his moment. He's my favorite wrestler ever. I just wanted to see it happen. I didn't get to see it happen. <sighs> You're not alone. I wanted to see it happen too. I thought it was Brian's time, especially considering yeah. Mox just had the title. And that's not a complaint. That's more so of like Mox during his second run, although it was three months, it was a phenomenal run. And it was one of my favorite runs within the world title because Mox is just a dude that, like, he doesn't care who he wants to fight. He just wants to fight. You know, the fact that Brody King had a title shot is pretty wild. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I like in a champion. Just a fighting champion. It's like, whatever, just, like, brawl, you know? Um, but with Brian, I thought that you could have a chance to maybe open up kind of a new chapter with the with the scene a little bit with Brian but I will ask you this what would you prefer Brian going after the AEW world title or the Ring of Honor world title well now that see so yeah. now that everything makes sense so <laughs> at this point <laughs> yeah so all of a sudden I'm like okay I can kind of see 
a, a an interesting side story here now of maybe Brian going after the Ring of Honor world title, and that could be a cool main event for them at the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that... I want to see Brian get a long reign, whatever he does. And I know that that's not going to happen now because MJF is next. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we do know. So if it's going to be a short reign, I think a short reign makes more sense for John Moxley than it does for Brian Danielson. Moxley's been champion more than anybody in AEW. Uh, it, it does make more sense here. So I'm okay. But we got an abrupt cutoff, by the way. This show clearly, this match clearly ran long. Something ran long here because the way the show ended with Moxley winning and then they're just like, we got to go. And Brian like stands up and looks a little bit angry. And we're like, oh, what's going to happen here? And then we see on Twitter that it was, oh, Moxley got the belt strapped around him by uh, by Brian. We didn't see any of that. Oh, it's, a compl- it's such wow. an abrupt cutoff of like, Moxley (laughs) Moxley wins and they're just like all right folks we'll see you Friday (laughs) so they didn't so they didn't show Brian snatching the title away we we see Brian snatch the belt and then it cuts off and so like in my brain I'm like oh what happened is is Brian angry what's happening here and then uh, I had to turn to Twitter and I saw people's fan cam footage of him having the belt strapped around his waist and yeah that's, so yeah that's a I you know that makes for a good thing if you don't if you're a viewer that doesn't you know tune into twitter or facebook groups where you're you know excited to watch next week and you're like what's what's going on with the blackpool combat club but mm-hmm. man there was a moment <laughs> where <laughs> i didn't know any of that happened i still i thought we were still on air when that happened but yeah, he snatched the title and he he snatched the title away and Regal, I saw on the big screen, he was like, give it back. Like he's the dad controlling yeah. his two sons and one of them's <laughs> having a temper tantrum because the other one wants to play with a toy a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, And he's like, give it back and he put it on him. But that's also tradition. He did it to Wheeler. He did it with Garcia. Now he's doing it to Mox. Um, but Mox did deliver a promo when they cut i saw that stage yeah man he could cut a promo i know honestly in hindsight like as much as i was expecting brian i thought about the promo he cut after all out in hindsight and i thought oh he was of course he was i just wanted my brian moment but i get it i I get it folks yeah, uh, Mox is like the heart of AEW now. Honestly, maybe I honestly think that he is the heart of AEW, and he's proved it because of misfortunes with flukes, right? Mm-hmm. With the uh, you know injuries and intrums. But I think that's also what makes it more special is that he just you know he stepped up. He, he stepped did. up in the best way. And you know what though, when you think about it, like. If the AEW story ended tomorrow, he is the the protagonist of the story. Like when you think about the first ever, the first ever AEW pay per view, had a lot going into it. But at the end of the day, the moment that ended the first double or nothing was the arrival of John Moxley. He has been so tied to the existence of AEW that like so much of his presence has 
been a major factor in the company. So that was Grand Slam, folks. Uh, and as we do, I got to talk about ratings. Ooh, and not only do we have the ratings, we've got the quarters. Uh, oh, so I thought we were getting official scoops. No, I don't have that <laughs> yet. No scoops today, y'all. Y'all have no. to subscribe to Fightful Select for that. I know. I'm still waiting on stuff. <laughs> if it's even happening, I don't know. Um, it was one of those rumors we heard, and uh, I don't know. Um, but stay tuned. The all right, looking at the quarters. So it was another show where every quarter remained. It was a really steady show. Everything stayed above a million. Um, as a matter of fact, even the women's match where it was positioned was the third highest quarter of the show. Shut up. Sorry, doing some math here, but it was. Um, Good for them. I know. Uh, that's really great. So the the overall rating, by the way, was 1 million. Uh, so the overall, it did 1 million 39. That was good enough for a uh, point. Uh, what am I looking for? Somebody give me this because it's not in my uh, ratings here, is it? Either way, it came in number one cable, uh, number 14 overall. Uh, Survivor was, of course, number one on cable. Oh, it was a .35. There we are. Survivor's still on cable? Uh, yes. It was number one okay. overall, but number one on cable <laughs> was Grand Slam. I mean, pretty much all the network stuff had its premieres this week. Um, but still number one on cable. Dynamite was uh, still down from last week, though. Down Last week's show was really highly rated. But uh, every quarter remained over a million and uh yeah still did great for them so now what's that compared to last year last year's grand slam i think that show did like 1.2 million overall mm -hmm. i'm almost certain of that but i can pull that up just to be 100 percent sure uh let's see uh Shouldn't take me that long to find this. Bam. TV ratings. Grand Slam. Uh, last year's did 1.2 million. I was right. Uh, and it did a 0.49 rating, right? 0.48. 0.48 last year. So down from last year. Um, 18 to 49 has been down pretty much across the board all year. Uh, but there we are. Folks, Alex, make your plugs. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, you see down there, it's my Twitter. You can follow me there, you know, if you like all the stuff, rustling and everything. Sometimes I tweet about Star Wars and She-Hulk, and I'm very excited for the new Star Wars show and or. It's great because I love Rogue One, so it's good. Um, but that, that's not what I'm plugging. What I'm plugging is myself. Follow me there. You could also follow Church of Joshi if you want to get more into Joshi. I see on the chat, a lot of people are saying there should be more Japanese talent in AEW, and I also agree. But there's also, you know, different promotions that you can also support, especially with Stardom. Right now, they have their tournament which is the five-star Grand Prix. It's just like the G1. They have two different blocks. 
There's a number system, all that galore. It's a really good time to get into Joshi right now. They are the second biggest promotion in Japan, right behind New Japan. It's the perfect time to get into it. And with the mix of TJPW, why not follow us and, and stay tuned for Church of Joshi? That's all. That's right. <laughs> I have Church of Joshi stickers all over my stuff that I got from yeah. Alex in, was that Dallas you gave those to me? I think it was Dallas. Yeah, that was the only time we met, I think. Is it? Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Well, we talk enough for that. Yeah. So either way. Yeah, <laughs> we, we connect enough on Twitter and everything, <laughs> yes. but we'll change that soon. We'll change that. <laughs> Folks, thank you for being here for another edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. She's Alex. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.